in a world where some of the greatest motion pictures ever made are reaching their 30th anniversaries. One group of friends gathered together to pay tribute to these films. Pat Cantagallo. Dennis Matouche. Jeff Mazuka. Each week, we take a look back at one movie that is reaching that 30-year milestone. Whether you love seeing these films in the theater or enjoying them for the first time at home, we invite you to join us this year as we travel back in time to 1986. I am your host, John Reed, and you're listening to the 30-something Movie Podcast. Thank you for joining us on episode number 68. Well, one away from a good time. 68, episode number 68 of the 30-something movie podcast. Um, right. This, that's right. Uh, this time around, in which we will be applying a full court press to the movie Hoosiers. Um, in fact, originally when we were talking about watching this movie, uh, we originally passed four times uh, before we decided to give it a shot. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Yeah. We are moving out of our April sci-fi theme and into May Madness, where we have some of the greatest sports movies of 1986 uh, squaring off against each other, and sometimes we stretch the definition of sports um, just to make sure we have enough movies for the month. Um, And this time around, we are moving from the sleepy little town, little colonist village of Hadley's Hope on LV-426, to the slightly sleepier town of Hickory, Indiana, uh, with a lot less killer aliens, too. Yeah, I don't think there's many xenomorphs. Not in this one. I, as far as I know, I mean, I only only watched this movie once and then skimmed through a second time. But yeah, so as far as I know, no killer aliens and Hoosiers. We don't. We don't think so. No, but we. You know what? We should uh, take off and nuke it from orbit. Just it's the only way to be sure. Yes, you got it. We can nuke history. Uh, hic- history. It will be history. It will turn it from Hickory, Indiana to History, Indiana. <laughs> That's right. Mm-hmm. Well, before we get into our discussion, uh, we do want to let you know right off the bat here that, um, I'm sorry, I shouldn't say right off the bat because this is a basketball movie, um, but Pat doesn't yeah. know sports anyway, so it really doesn't matter. I don't get it, yeah. It's okay. We're going to score a touchdown with this one. Um, so I, we do spoil I the events. Did you get that one? I actually wandered in the middle of a sports con. There were people were arguing Cubs and Sox today, and it was fun to like just listen in my office and then walk out and just get. You guys are all wrong, man. New York Yankees, and then just walk out and just <laughs> and then just watch just witness the, the anger on everyone's face. And then I was they. I'm just like, I, guys, I don't even watch soccer, so I don't know what you know. And then and then it just went from sheer anger to just sheer humor. That's but, beautiful. You know, it's funny to just throw that down. Okay, but I digress. Continue, right. You know, that's fine. That's this whole podcast is about digressing, so it's okay. It is one big digression. It is. Um, so we do want to let you know that we do spoil the events of the movies we talk about. So if you haven't seen it yet, you may want to go back and watch the movie first. Um, also, a warning: we pretty much spoil anything. So sometimes we might be talking about a basketball movie, and we'll end up talking about Star Wars or something else. So if you haven't seen movies. Um, maybe this is not the podcast for you, but you could listen anyway, because if you haven't seen movies up to this point, are you really going to start now? Maybe <sighs> listening to our podcast will make you start. That's right. You so, should be watching more movies. Yeah. If not already. Yeah. So go watch more movies. Um, but we do spoil the movies. So if you don't want to be spoiled, if you want to make sure that you, you know, stay free and clear, um, 
you know, just go watch it first and then come back. Right. So, um, also real quick, if you could, uh, go leave us a review on iTunes. If you like what you're hearing, uh, go leave us a review on the iTunes store. And, uh, if you don't like what you're hearing, you could leave us a review on the iTunes store. Although, you know, if you don't like what you're hearing, we would love to hear that and know what we mm-hmm. could be doing better. And, um, you know, I, I, we can't do anything about Dennis. It's, it's just the way he is. So, um, so go leave us a review. Really quickly, I am here with Pat. We may get, uh, I don't know if we'll get anybody else. Um, Dennis said he might be on his way. He's running a little bit late, but uh, mm-hmm. uh, I have my one of my co-hosts, Patrick Canigallo, here with me, a basketball expert. We brought him in just for, oh. just for the basketball knowledge. There it is, man. There it is. Okay. Um, and uh, you know what? Let's, um, let's get into some new movie news. Yeah. So I've got, oh, you know what, and, and to try to stay on top of things here, we did decide last time we are going to start a timer on this, and I'm going to make the timer even a little bit shorter this time around because we kind of we broke our rule last time. Yeah, I think that, <clears throat> that five-minute timer just became waypoints, like, oh, another five minutes down. It was, it was the Magnificent Seven. It was, that, it was that one's fault. There was a lot of emotion in there. There was. There was. So I broke the timer. You're being nice. I broke the timer, didn't I? No, I think it was Dennis. He kept talking. Okay. Which is, that's kind of his thing, but that's, that's okay. True. On a but we're podcast. on the guy that isn't here, so I don't know if that's, you know. Well, that's what we always do. That's, that our, that's our thing. You pick on the guy that's not here. That, we can do that. It's just like nature. You go for the easiest prey. Exactly. All right. So I'm going to, I'm going to start a four minute timer this time. And we may not even okay. take four minutes for each of these things because I only got two. So we'll, okay. we'll, we'll see how things go. Um, so starting the timer now. We're back. Here's the news. All the news that's new and approved by the U.S. Army, the sweetest smelling army in the world. <laughs> All right. First one, Space Jam 2, starring LeBron James and directed by Justin Lin, who did Fast and Furious Tokyo Drift, Fast and Furious 6, and is directing the upcoming Star Trek Beyond, the third of the new Star Trek movies. Um, just for a little reference here, the original Space Jam was from 1996, and it earned $230 million worldwide and is still the highest-grossing basketball movie of all time. Hmm. So, Space Jam 2, what do you think? Did you, I, did you know, watch, I, and did you enjoy Space Jam 1? I don't think I ever saw Space Jam. Um, I think it, I wasn't you know, big into basketball, so I didn't check it out. And, and that was the one with all the uh, Looney Tunes characters, right? Yeah, it was Michael Jordan and all the Looney Tunes. And okay, they, well, they end up having to play in an intergalactic... Uh, yeah. Space basketball game. You know, hey, I think, hey, that's cool. You know, whatever. And and they make a movie and people like it and it's fun and that's great. Is Looney Tunes going to be in it? Because, mm-hmm. um, or are Looney Tunes going to be in it? Because, I mean, are they even as big anymore? I, yeah, I, I, don't, I don't know. I've talked to kids and do they really even watch that cartoon? Right. I so don't know. I question. don't know that it's as big as, well... But even back then, I, their Looney Tunes stuff had not been on for a while. Back then, I mean, I remember seeing reruns, and you could catch them, and people like watch TV. Now everything is like Netflix and YouTube. So right. I, I don't know if as many kids would know it, like Bugs Bunny, yeah. Daffy Duck. Now, granted, my kids, we watched Space Jam. I have a couple things about the original Space Jam. My kids watched Space Jam last year. Okay. And then last year for the first time. And they loved it. They thought it was hilarious. They, you know, had a, I think John had a vague idea of Bugs Bunny, Daffy Duck, um, 
I think I've shown him a couple of videos on YouTube. Like you said, it's on YouTube. Um, okay. I've shown him a couple of things here and there, like the uh, you know, Daffy Duck, Bugs Bunny, Elmer Fudd, the rabbit season, duck season. Okay. One where they go back okay. and forth. And, um, Nora, I don't know that Nora knew a whole lot, but I think it just, it was cartoon characters. So I don't know that she cared all that much, whether she knew the background of all the Looney Tunes stuff. And mm-hmm. so I don't know. I, for, for little kids, maybe it's just coming in and seeing a cartoons mixed in with real people. And, you know, if you like basketball and you like LeBron James, then. Yeah, I don't know. It, well, the weird thing about the original Space Jam is, and I'm trying to remember, I think, I want to say it was three times. Went to go see the original in the theater three times. And I can't tell you why. Hmm. Like, I think I, I went... I think I went once with my brother. I think I went once with Sharon. I might have gone one other time with my family. I, and I have no idea why I would have spent money on seeing the original Space Jam three times in the theater. Okay. So, no clue. I liked it, though. thought it was funny. And, you know, there, it was one of those things that has, it's still got some jokes for adults. Mm-hmm. Um, Michael Jordan, of course, the Bulls were really huge, and we live in Chicago, so right. um, that was a big deal. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I like the original Space Jam. I had heard for the last couple of years that they had been talking about doing this remake or, or a sequel to it with LeBron James. And, you know, I, I, it, the original was fun because it was Chicago and that's where we lived and it was Michael Jordan. And, you know, we grew up with Michael Jordan being one of the superstars. And for me, I, I'm not a big LeBron James fan, so I'm not excited about this one. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm I, sure if it comes to Netflix. I'll watch it, and the, you know, we'll watch probably watch it with the kids. But I'll be watching it for the Looney Tunes, not for the basketball player. Yeah, yeah, that's about where I'm at with it. I'd agree. Yeah, and those movies they've they've kind of oh that's our four minutes for that one. There we go. Damn, we're good. Okay. All, All right, right. Final thought, John. Read go. Final thought. Um, if they have some celebrity cameos like they did for the original Space Jam, like Bill Murray was in the original yeah. Space Jam, and a whole bunch of other people, that's fine. You know, that'll be kind of fun. It'll be a little bit like the Muppets. You bring in some celebrities and, um, you know, you get these cartoonish characters mixed in with real people and it's kind of a funny story. So, yeah, I'm down with that. Gotcha. It's no who framed Roger Rabbit, but nothing is. Okay. All right. Well, timer's up on this, so we got to move on. All right. Um, Okay. So move it on. All right. Start the uh, start the timer again. All right. So after Bivis Dodge, Batman versus Superman, Dawn of Justice um, and the. I don't know. Do you want to call it a lambasting or a um, a whipping that people have given the movie and have given the outlook on future superhero movies coming out of DC and Warner Brothers? And I, I don't know what you want to call it, but it's not been good. Yeah, I think yeah. Even were, even though it's made, I mean, it's made a ton of money. Yeah, I, I think we were all left with. I mean, you guys were left with. You wanted a lot more out of it, and you were stumbling for reasons that you did like it. I was like, I think my thing was, Hey, it was fun. It was a lot of action and violence, but not much more. It was kind of a superficial movie. And that just seems to be what everyone is saying is there was no depth to it. Yeah. It was. Well, apparently there's, there's been a bit of a shakeup with the superhero movies because they've got the whole range of movies that are coming out over the next few years. Um, there was uh, The Flash, there was Aquaman, there's Wonder Woman, um, mm-hmm. there's Cyborg. There's all these movies that are coming out in the next few years. Suicide Squad's coming out later this year. But those movies that are kind of leading up to 
Justice League or the the members of the Justice League coming up. Um, one of them, there was some news that came out this week that the director of the Flash movie decided to drop out um, because okay. of what he said are creative. Well, I don't know if he said it, but the announcement was it was creative differences. And there are some rumors that the director of the Aquaman movie is maybe feeling the same way. Hmm. So. Hmm. I don't know. And when you get that kind of feedback on your movie, do you stick with, if you were in charge of, if Patrick Canigallo was in charge of Warner Brothers, and you got that kind of feedback on your movie, would you have the same guy that directed this movie direct your Justice League movie? I'm guessing no. Would you double down on him and, and keep him there? Or would you say, nope, let's get somebody else in and try something different? I would think you'd want to try somebody different, but then, I mean, I don't know. I, that's hard because then it's like, well, do they have their finger on the pulse of what people want or are they just making these movies to churn them out? Right. Do you get what I'm saying? Right. So, I and when at that point, is it like trying to turn the Titanic around? Right. You know, right. it's, it's a big ship. It's, you're going to have to start turning a few miles ahead of time. Yeah. I, it's, it's, you know, and when we get into it, like, you know, are they just trying to make movies or do they have a story to tell? Now, I'm not naive enough to just, or I'm sorry, are they just trying to make money or do they have a story to tell? And I'm not naive enough to think that, oh, well, everyone that goes to Hollywood to make a good movie, they, they're not there for the money. Well, I'm sure that, you know, it's a business and they're there for the money, but that, that, that's what, that gets me a little bit suspect is, is when you see these movies and, and they keep getting made, it's like, well, you know. I, I, yeah, I don't know. I'm I'm kind of at a loss for it, you know, because I don't want to call them bad movies, but they just don't seem to. They're not clicking with people. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, do they want to try something different? Yeah. Do they care, or do they just know that they're going to make their money and move on? Yeah, I don't know. Well, I mean, and, and the Flash one. Ahead. Well, this Flash one, everybody was a little. That was kind of a confusing one anyway, because they've got um, the Flash TV show, which is doing really well, and people seem to really like that. And then you're going to have, for years, they'd always said, well, we can't do, Warner Brothers has always said, well, you can't have a TV show going at the same time that you're going to have a movie. So mm-hmm. originally, uh, do you remember that show Smallville that was on years ago? Yes. Oh, our timer's already up? Oh, oh man. That's a fast time. You were going to make a good point. Let's we got to keep it going. Okay, I'll keep it going for another minute or so. Um, the TV show Smallville, when that TV show came out, um, it was around what was that? 2000, 2001. Uh-huh. It was around two thousand one, I think. And that originally was supposed to be a TV show about not um, Superman. It was supposed to be a TV show about Bruce Wayne. Okay. And they said, "Nope, we are developing. Um, we're developing these Batman movies." Uh, we're gonna. We have one coming out that's called Batman Begins, and we don't want to have a TV show because people get confused. So we're not going to do a TV show at the same time that we're going to do a movie with the same characters. Now they've kind of gone the other way, and they've said, "All right, well, we've got a Flash TV show. It's really good. Now we're going to do a Flash movie, totally different actor, different story. They're not tied together in any way. Who cares? We're going to do it anyway." Mm-hmm. So a lot of people were like, "Well, okay, that that might be kind of weird, but." And and the guy they got as the Flash doesn't really look anything like the Flash, which, you know, they can dye people's hair and they can do makeup and all yeah. that other stuff. So I and he's probably gonna have a mask on for a good portion of it. So 
I don't know. A lot of people, a lot of people were kind of worried about this one, and they were like, "Well, you, you're going to have to do quite a bit to get us excited about the Flash." And now the director drops out. Right, and so. now the director that dropped out, he's not the guy that was with Bivis Dodge. No. Okay. No, this guy. It actually would have been his first movie that he would have directed. He's produced a lot, and he's got a lot of stuff. His name is Seth Graham Smith. Okay. And he has produced. Uh, he actually wrote the book. Um, I think he wrote the novel uh, Pride and Prejudice and Zombies. Okay. That one the movie was based off of. And he's done the screenplay for, um, let's see. Oh, he also did Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter. I don't know if you remember that one came out a few years ago. Um, then he has done um, two movies that he, he's got right now that he's written the screenplay for are the Lego Batman movie. And he's doing the screenplay for Beetlejuice 2. Hmm. So, you know, he's mostly a writer and a producer. This would have been the first time that he's directed anything. Hmm. So. Yeah. Well, I don't know. And maybe on the flip side, you know, maybe he wants to take the, the movie in a direction saying, hey, we've got this. This is what we should do. And maybe it's the studio or the owners of the whoever that's pulling him back towards the, you know. Right. Well, on the other side of things, did you ever see Ant-Man? Yes. I think I've asked you that before. So Ant-Man originally was supposed to have a different director, and it was going, I think it was going to be not as much of a, and it's not really a comedy, but I think there was going to be a less humor in it. Okay. And I, I think that movie's great. Mm-hmm. I don't think I would have, I don't know that I would have wanted that movie, you know, not having seen it, I don't know, but I don't know that I would have wanted that movie any other way. Mm-hmm. So, you know. I, to say that this guy has dropped out of the Flash movie and now it's going to be a train wreck is not necessarily true because it could be great, yeah. just like Ant-Man. You know, they had creative differences. That director left and they yeah. did just fine. So, Yeah, well, it's just our ongoing and, and you know, it's just our ongoing discussion of kind of what's happening with DC and, and can they right the ship, right. you know? I hope so. I want to see some good DC movies. Alrighty, so this time around we are taking a look at Hoosiers. Now, I, I got a little confused at first on the release date for this one. So depending on depending on who you ask, mm-hmm. this is technically a 1986 movie because it came out, was released in 1986. But in some places, they refer to it as a 1987 movie. Interesting. Uh, because it came out November 14th, 1986, but it was released in Indiana first. Oh, to kind of get a local audience and build up like some interest for, you know, Oscar time and stuff like that. Usually when they put a movie like this out in the end of the year, they're looking for Oscars type stuff. But it wasn't released to broad U.S. audiences until February of 1987. Interesting. So that was kind of interesting. Um, It is rated PG, was directed by David Anspa, who did Rudy and the TV show Hill Street Blues. Produced by Carter DeHaven, who also produced The Exorcist 3. Um, that'll be a great one that you're going to really love when we get to that point. Um, Dude, I'm going to call in sick those days, man. I'm just saying. That's okay. Uh, writer was okay, Andrew. Go ahead and laugh. Go yeah, ahead and laugh, I will man. go ahead and okay. laugh. I expect you to fulfill your, your obligation to this podcast and watch all these movies. Yeah, man. I'm, I'll watch them all right, man. I'll watch them. <laughs> you, could, <laughs> you, do you have your sword still? 
I, I, I do have my sword, dude. Okay. I got a couple right right around the corner here. Should I go get them? No, I'm just saying, when you watch, when we get to like October and we watch the scary movies, you can sit in, with your sword and watch them. Yeah, I, I think I will. Okay. I think I will. All right. Uh, the writer on this one was Angelo Pizzo. Uh, he was also the producer. Um, he was the writer and producer for Rudy and the writer for My All-American. The music for this one was done by Jerry Goldsmith, who died in 2004. Um, you know, coming off of some of our sci-fi movies, um, he has a kind of a big connection to the last few sci-fi movies we've done. He did the music for Planet of the Apes. He did the music for the original Alien. He did the music for Star Trek 1, 5, 8, 9, and 10. Uh, Poltergeist, Gremlins, Supergirl, Explorers, Legend, tons of stuff. Um, mm-hmm. So pretty, pretty prolific uh, composer. The budget for this one was $6 million. The box office was 28.6. Uh, Gene, okay. So, yeah, it actually did pretty well. Yeah. You know, for its, for yeah. its small budget, it did pretty well. Um, for this one, Gene Hackman played Coach Norman Dale. He was in The French Connection, the Superman movies as Lex Luthor, The Firm, Unforgiven, Runaway Jury, a whole bunch of other stuff. Barbara Hershey played Myra Fleener. She was in The Natural, Hannah and Her Sisters, The Last Temptation of Christ, and Black Swan. Dennis Hopper, who died in 2010, was Shooter. He was in Cool Hand Luke, uh, Easy Rider, The Original True Grit, uh, Apocalypse Now, Super Mario Brothers, and Speed. Uh, Sheb Wooley, who uh, he also he died in 2003, uh, played Cletus. Um, He was in High Noon, Rawhide, the TV show, and The Outlaw Josie Wales. Mm -hmm. Uh, Fern Persons. Died in 2012. She was Opal Fleener. She was Myra Fleener's mother, uh, the older woman. She was 101 years old when she died. Jeez, good so, for her. Good for you, Fern. Yeah. Um, she was in Risky Business and Field of Dreams. Chelsea Ross played George. He was in The Untouchables, Major League, Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey, Basic Instinct, and Rudy. Uh, Robert Swan played Rollin. He was in The Untouchables, Backdraft, Rudy, Natural Born Killers. Uh, Michael Aguin played Rooster. He was in Life as a House and various TV appearances. Uh, Will DeWitt, who died in 2003, was Reverend Doty. He was only in Hoosiers. And John Robert Thompson, who played Sheriff Finley, was in Best of the Best 3, No Turning Back, and A Better Way to Die. Uh, Rotten Tomatoes, both audience and critics, give this one an 88%. Um, Ebert gave this one a 4 stars, and Siskel gave this one a a 2.5 stars. So they disagreed on this one a little bit. Um, I think Ebert, though, likes sports movies, so. Cisco just didn't like him, huh? I, not a fan. Yeah, he said that it was too, what did he say? He said something like it was too sentimental. So, wow. Uh, which is kind no. of the exact opposite of what Ebert said. So this would have been one of those that if they were talking about it on their show, they they probably fought over it. Um, okay. I didn't, usually I, go, I try to go and watch the videos of the at the movies where they yeah. you know did their thumbs up, thumbs down. Didn't get a chance to watch this one, but I imagine they probably argued a little bit on this one. Right. I no. Yeah. Uh, yeah Cinema score the uh, the service that does the uh, kind of the exit polling uh, for people when they go watch movies. Uh, Cinema score people gave this one an A. Um, okay. Awards for this one. There were a bunch of awards for this one. Nominated for Oscars. Uh, for Best Actor in a Supporting Role, Dennis Hopper. Uh, best Music, Original Score, Jerry Goldsmith. Nominated for Golden Globes. Uh, it won, um, the writer and director won at the Heartland Film Festival. Um, they won at the Los Angeles Film Critics Association Awards. 
They won, um, let's see, the National Film Preservation Board uh, for the National Film Registry. This is in the Library of Congress as one of the movies that is preserved. Um, Mm -hmm. So it has that special distinction. But there's a few other things it was nominated for uh, that did not win. Okay. So quite a few awards for this one. Um, all right, so here's the here's kind of the background of the movie for you. Norman Dale is a man who needs a second chance, and it just so happens there's a basketball team in need of any kind of a chance. The coach has died unexpectedly, and the school's principal, a friend of Norman's, has asked him to come take over the team. So despite his own checkered pass, Coach Dale must overcome a team both short in stature and in numbers, as well as the less-than-welcoming local community. Can Coach Dale teach these boys to be great ballplayers? Can they teach him something in return? These six individuals have made a choice to work, a choice to sacrifice, put themselves on the line, represent you, this high school. This is your team. Hoosiers, they needed a second chance to finish first. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the championship game. You're not the new coach. Are you expecting somebody different? <laughs> Younger. Both incredible and improbable confrontation. Well, those of you who don't know, my name is Norman Dale. I coached college ball for 10 years, but it's been 12 years since I've blown this. In the illustrious history of the Indiana High School basketball tournament. That's a hell of a team you had there. You knew that team? I know everything there is to know about the greatest game ever invented. With a pint size hardly big enough for three syllables, Hickory Huskers, enrollment 64. Out of here, right now. You kicking me out? Yes, don't come back until you learn to keep your mouth shut and listen. Take on the defending state champions, the mighty bears of South Bend Central. Run you off the boards. You got to squeeze them back in the paint. Make them chuck it from the cheap seats. Already calling this the game of the century. I've seen him, the real sad ones. They sit around the rest of their lives talking about the glory days. News people from all over the Middle West are here to witness Hoosierland's version of the Cinderella story. It's got to work out this time. Or that's it for good. The starting lineup for the Huskers. Well, my boys only know basketball, farming, and school. A basketball hero around here is treated like a god. You know, most people would kill be treated like a god just for a few moments. Forget about the crowds, the size of the school, their fancy uniforms, and remember what got you. You put your effort and concentration into playing to your potential to be the best that you can be. I don't care what the scoreboard says at the end of the game. In my book, we're going to be winners. Let's win this and for all the small schools who never had a chance to get here. Gene Hackman, Barbara Hershey, Dennis Hopper, Hoosiers, they needed a second chance to finish first. All right, so this one is loosely based on the events of the 1954 Indiana State Championship run for Milan High School uh, in Indiana. Um, For the filming of the movie, they couldn't get enough extras to fill the stands for the final scenes of the championship game. Uh, so they asked a couple of local high schools to move their game to the court where they were going to be using for filming. And so they made sure that fans either came dressed or they gave clothing to them and, and hairstyles that were kind of in the 50s hairstyle because it takes place in the 50s. 
Um, mm-hmm. And so they tried to make sure that the fans were kind of dressed up like that. And they used crowd shots taken during the actual game when these two high school teams played. And then during halftime and after the game, they filmed the championship game scenes. So they kind of kept people in the stands and they said, you know, keep okay. cheering, cheer for this game and and we'll film. So you play your real game. You really cheer for your teams. Um, and we're going to film you while you're cheering. And then during halftime and, uh, you know, after the game, then we'll go ahead and we will film our scenes that we need to film for this movie, too. Okay. So I thought that was kind of cool. Yeah. Uh, creative way to get around your budget problems. Yes. Um, the actual NBA team, the Indiana Pacers, are wearing uniforms this year, inspired by the film's Hickory High School, uh, during select games this season, during the 15-16 season, to kind of, um, you know, it's kind of like a tribute to the 30th anniversary of Hoosiers. The announcer during the final game was Hilliard Gates, who was the announcer of the actual 1954 Indiana, India, that would be a totally different basketball game, um... Indiana State Championship game. So the actual announcer of that game was the announcer in this movie. Uh, the movie had to be renamed Best Shot in Europe because nobody in Europe knows what a Hoosier is. And originally, uh, Coach Dale Norman was going to be played by Jack Nicholson, but he could not do it until the next year. Uh, so he went ahead and gave them his blessing to go ahead and film the movie if they found someone else to take his place. And they did in Gene Hackman. Okay, interesting. So, so with this one, um, just to kind of start off, the, the, the way the movie goes is, uh, for those who have not seen it, uh, Coach Dale, uh, Coach Norman Dale comes in, and you get the sense that, and of course he has to drive, those opening scenes of the movie are him driving out in Indiana, and uh, getting to the town, and maybe getting lost on the way, so you're getting the idea that this is out in the middle of nowhere. And, um, you know, he gets there and you find out kind of from the beginning, except for the principal, who seems to be an old friend of his, he's not really getting a warm welcome from too many people. And so you get the sense pretty early on that this is going to be an uphill battle for him uh, coming from uh, outside of the country and outside of Indiana. He's an outsider coming in and and this is going to be a bit of a struggle for, um, you know, for folks to acclimate to him because they expect him to acclimate to them. And, uh, so you, you kind of get a sense early on that that's, that's not gonna, not gonna go the way he expected. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, I love the line when he's, uh, Barbara Hershey's character, Myra, the, the other teacher, when he first meets her on that staircase and she's like, you're not the new coach, are you? And he's like, yeah. She's like, oh, he's like, not what you expected. She's like, no, I didn't expect somebody quite so old. And mm-hmm. You know, she's kind of grilling him on, you, know, you can tell right away, maybe she's not a big fan of basketball or not a big fan of him for some reason. And um, the line that he says just before he goes on up the uh, the rest of the stairs is, you know, if uh, something like, you know, if, if everybody's as friendly as you, then uh, this uh, country hospitality is going to get a bad name. <laughs> and she just kind of, in a huff, she kind of walks off and... Um, yeah, and, and I then, like that line. Yeah. I like that when he says that. And then from that point on, then you kind of you get the scenes of him going into practice for the first time and how, you know, practice has been run uh, since their former coach had died. They've got a parent that's running the practices and, you know, he kind of gets grilled by the, the parents. Um, you get those scenes where uh, well, you get the first practice scenes where he you know, kind of kicks the parent out and, and says, look, I, I don't care how you guys do it. I have a different way of doing it, and what I say is going to be law, and what I say goes. 
Um, then he kicks out one of the players for talking while he's trying to talk. So you get the idea. He's going to be a, a pretty strict coach here. Yeah. And then the classic, I think every small town sports movie has to have a scene in the barber shop where the uh, townspeople are telling the coach what to do. Mm-hmm. Because I think, I mean, I remember that in Remember the Titans. Right. And I kind of feel like Friday Night Lights probably had the same thing. And so I think yeah. it's the, the obligatory, let's go have the scene in the barber shop where everybody's going to tell the coach how to do things and the coach is going to politely nod and say, okay, thank you, and then leave and do it his way. Right. So, and right. then the rest of the movie kind of goes on from there. You've got some other scenes with Dennis Hopper, who's playing one of the, the basketball player's dads, uh, who is a drunk, and um, he kind of gets redeemed through Gene Hackman's character, uh, through Coach Dale, um, as he kind of brings him on to be an assistant as long as he gets himself cleaned up. And um, so you've kind of got that struggle going on. Then you've got the relationship between Coach Dale and the teacher, uh, Mrs. Fleener. Mm-hmm. And then you've got the constant struggle kind of between him and the townspeople over his coaching methods and whether or not they're going to allow him to stay as coach and, you know, have his underdog, short, mostly unskilled players, and how are they going to do well against the rest of the teams that they're going to have to play to, to try to get into the playoffs and, and go beyond. So um, mm-hmm. so that's kind of the, the basics of the movie. Um, let me ask you, Pat, when was the first time you saw this? Um, I want to say that I've seen it, maybe it was sometime in college. Like I'd heard people speak about it and maybe caught stuff on TV, but I want to say college or slightly after. I mean, it's, it's, this was not the first time I'd seen it, but this was maybe only like the second or third time I'd seen it. It was, it was relatively recently. So what about yourself? This was actually the first time I've seen this movie. Oh, okay. So I, yeah, I, and I don't know. I don't know if it just because I didn't I didn't play basketball, so sometimes you know basketball movies are not unless it's Teen Wolf. I you know, count that right. one as a basketball movie. Teen Wolf and Space Jam. Um, okay. You know I don't know it just and, and I like Gene Hackman, so I don't know why I wouldn't have watched this at some other point before. But I, for me, I was always more of a football movie guy. So if it was something like The Replacements or Any Given Sunday or Friday Night Lights or Right. Remember the Titans or one of those. I was probably going to watch that first before coming to watch this one. Um, so, no, I'd never and I'd heard about it and heard that it was, you know, a lot of people considered it one of the greatest sports movies ever and stuff like that. But, no, th- so this was actually the first time I had watched this movie. Yeah, cool. So what were, you know, we kind of talked a little bit, you know, we mentioned one of them already, kind of favorite scene, uh, favorite quote when he's on the staircase talking to the teacher. Uh, yeah. Did you have any particular favorite scenes from this movie, like ones that you're thinking I, you of know, now that kind of stand out to you? I, I, I the best scene, the, the biggest scene, and, and like I said, I wasn't big into basketball more, more than, you know, a, a passing interest in, in that. But what I liked about this movie is that you could really take a lot of the philosophies and, and things that are portrayed and apply them. Mm-hmm. You know, I yeah. mean, you could apply them to um, whatever sport you're particularly into, whatever pursuit you're really into. Um, you know, you could really apply a lot of the things that he, um, well, that the movie depicted. The one scene I like is when they go into the championship game and he starts by just measuring the basketball and the, the hoop and everything like that. And he just says, that's the same as our gym back home. And I mean, I just remember that, you know, being drilled into us 
you know, performing like whenever I'd have to perform, you know, getting helping getting over stage fright or perform on stage, just realizing that, you know, trying to come to the realization that when you go on stage and perform, there's really no difference between that and what you do in a practice room. The only difference is really nothing. I mean, other than people sitting there and, and all that, but the, the basics of what you're doing is the same. I mean, that even, we're going to bring it back to sci-fi, but you know, like Yoda sitting there saying there's, there's no difference between lifting a rock or the X-wing. The only difference is in your mind, mm-hmm. you know, that, that cool quote. I mean, that, that was kind of depicted in this. And so I really like, I thought that scene was pretty cool. Yeah. Um, that actually, and, and I'll come back and I'll talk more about that a little bit later, but I found a website that listed differences between the actual historical championship run for Milan high school and this movie um, mm-hmm. with the uh, Hickory high school. And that was one of the only things that was that matched up between the movie and real life was him measuring the the height and length of the uh, basket and the and the free throw line. Yeah, that's cool. That's cool. Um, so, I mean, I, I thought that scene specifically was good. I really liked his portrayal in there, and I um, I like that. You know, nothing in this movie really seemed overstated. I mean, and and so in that, I guess it seemed more believable. I mean, there was the whole thing that he was running from his history of having um, belted the kid. And that came up and, you know, you could tell that he was just trying to, you know, get past that. But it didn't consume the whole movie, you know. Um, You know, he's trying to teach and, 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 and use his system and there's obviously he needs to gain acceptance with the townspeople and everything like that. But that didn't really even seem to consume the whole movie. Um, do you know what I'm saying? Like all mm-hmm. these different themes that were, were within the movie, not any one of them was all encompassing. So it really, it, it, it really, nothing in the movie, none of the themes were overstated so that you, you got a movie that just seemed to be totally in balance. And, um, Totally in balance, not totally imbalanced is yeah. what I was trying to say um, between a, a bunch of different kind of themes going on. And I really just liked his portrayal, how he was a very confident person saying, I, I know what I've got to do is right. And the one kid smarted off. So, OK, you're done. The parent started overstepping. Thank you very much. There's the door. Um, I'd like to say I did that my first year teaching, but that didn't happen. <laughs> yeah it's kid talked um, while i was talking in class i'm like you know what you're you're out get out yeah yeah well it's it's slightly it's a slightly different um uh slightly different setup when you have like a club or something you know well yeah but uh, no i get what you're saying i mean but he and that was the thing like he wasn't it wasn't his first year you know he'd been around the block i know what i've got to say is important and and you know he did learn about the town and here's, I'm kind of going on my earlier statement. He did learn about the town and become accepted and become positive. And, you know, you see him laughing and joke, but it wasn't like completely overstated and, and melodramatic where, Oh, he suddenly accepted into the townspeople's, you know, it was, again, it was just understated and seemed a lot more natural. Mm-hmm. He was going, he became accepted. Okay. This is where the people hang out. All right. You know, he falls in love with that teacher, you know, and, and they have a relationship. It just seemed very, it was just cool watching him. Now, I mean, obviously a 10 year Naval veteran, um, you know, I, I, I would think would give someone a little bit of confidence too. Um, because what they said, he'd been in the Navy for what, 10 years, About 10 years. Yeah. And this was set in what year? 19... 1951. 
Okay, so if he'd been in the Navy for 10 years, then he saw, you know, he fought in the Second World War. So I, I just, you know, I, th I think that not from experience, but from, from, from speaking with, I think that would give people a different perspective and a, a yeah. slightly different confidence. So anyways, I really like the Gene Hackman character to yeah. bring what I'm trying to say full circle. There was my specific scene, you know, the measuring and then, you know, general, what did I like about the movie? I just thought the Gene Hackman character was pretty, um, um, pretty awesome. Yeah. Um, actually I, I wanted to pull up because it kind of, it kind of went along with some of the things that you said or, or was the opposite of some of the things you said. Um, here's what Gene Siskel said about the movie, uh, one of the, the last couple of paragraphs of his review. Uh, with all of this sentiment in the story, I would have preferred to see the film contain darker, more unpredictable turns. Barbara Hershey, the teacher, um, her performance as someone Hackman takes a liking to is refreshing simply because she doesn't have a cause. Hoosiers couldn't be more of a heart-tugger, but that for me was more of a problem than a blessing. Hmm. So I think he, I think he thought maybe it was a little bit too like maybe what we would now refer to as a, a Hallmark Channel movie. Maybe you know it's a it's a little too light. Like he he wanted it to be a little more. I don't know. Do you, do we say gritty? Not gritty, but uh, more realistic and have more uh, you know a little bit less sentimentality and. Well, Maybe that's what he was looking for. But, you know, at the same time, and this is this is one of the questions I, I was going to get to later, but I might kind of start to bring it up now, is there's a ton of sports movies that are like this. And the 80s yeah. were kind of chock full of them, but but so were the 90s and the 2000s. Yeah. And, um, but if you look at some of these sports movies, they're really kind of all the same. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I jokingly said that, you know, this is like you got to have the, the barbershop scene where, right. you know, everybody's everybody's meeting to tell the coach what he's doing wrong. And it, but when you think about it, I mean, there are a ton of movies that have that exact same scene and the exact same kind of idea. And you've got a coach that's, you know, having to deal with gaining respect for his coaching methods. And, you know, maybe the, the kids believe in him before the adults do. And yeah, you know, so it's, you've got movies that are a lot like this. I mean, this one seems to come, earlier than a lot of those. I mean, this seemed to be, you know, in 86, this would have been a lot earlier than like the Friday night lights or the, you know, remember the Titans or we are Marshall or some of those other movies. So I did this one maybe gets a pass because it was one of the first. Or yeah. One of the earliest I, I ones, guess, but I would guess so. I guess I just, I just would want to know specifically what, what does he want? Does, I mean, does he want to see the team fail? I mean, no. does he want to see, I, you know, that would be my follow up question is, okay, what, how, what what do you want differently right. you know do you want it to follow the i mean and i can respect that i mean do you want it to follow the story of the real 1951 basketball thing i mean that i mean you know i mean that's kind of a bugaboo with me about some movies that are based in based on true events or based around true events that um you know when they stray away from it it's like well why do that why mm -hmm. change it up like that so I mean, maybe those were his things. Um, but again, I guess, and maybe because it was the first, I found this one less pulling on the sentimental heartstrings than because everything was so, I thought it was just beautifully understated. Nothing really was like, oh, there's the tearjerker moment or right. oh, there we go, you know. 
Um, so yeah, I guess I just, I'd be curious to see what he said about that. Mm -hmm. Well, the funny thing for me is having watched this one and knowing that this one came in 86 and then having watched so many other sports movies that follow the, almost the same formula as this, I almost look at some of those now, like remember the Titans and some of the other ones we've mentioned. And I'm like, well, they really kind of ripped this movie off. Mm-hmm. You know, and and maybe some of those I like better because I'm I'm not going to say I mean I like this movie, but I'm not going to say this is my favorite sports movie of all time. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm kind of looking at that going, well, then does that does that lessen the enjoyment I have for movies that I've known for years, knowing that oh well this movie, like I'm seeing scenes and I'm like oh that's just like in this and that's just, mm-hmm. but this one came first. Yeah. So does that affect my, I'm trying to decide if that affects my enjoyment of some of those, but I don't think it does. Yeah. Well, but it is interesting to see that, you know, they have that a lot of sports movies have taken what this movie did and copied it. Yeah. Well, it, it just depends. Do you like remakes? <laughs> you know, right. I mean, it's, you know, that's back to our other conversation that we keep having. Right. But I mean, like this one, and I think part of it too is, you know, your sport. You know, I mean, it's um, like they just came out with what was that? What was the cross country one they came out with just last year? Dennis and I were so excited. Yeah. We have a we have a we have a running movie now. Yeah. Um, I don't. I can't. I can't think of the. <laughs> I can't think of the name of the movie. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, it was a great movie. I'll forget. You know, but um, it was. Uh, I think was it uh, McFarland too. USA? McFarland USA. Yeah. That's what it was. You know, like I watched that one and I could see, okay, there's a little bit of the formula in that coming Mm. through, you know, and and just things that were changed for humorous or, you know, to to accentuate a point or something. But still in all, when they're based on a real event, I guess use that as a jumping off point, you know? Okay, if you're really that interested in, if you're really that interested in fact, then watch the movie and then go back and see what the real story was. And then judge for yourself whether you can palette the movie or not. Right. If you're into basketball, you're going to watch this movie. Right. If you're into football, you'll probably check out um, uh, Remember the Titans. Mm-hmm. Each movie kind of brings... If you're into hockey, you're going to go watch Miracle. or Right. And each movie kind of brings its own little... Um, you know, curiosity to it. I mean, remember the Titans was a football movie, but it was also a race movie, right? You know, and so they they kind of showed that. Um, you're also going because I mean, our movies. You know, I tend to focus on the story in movies. Um, like I'll go see a basketball movie. I would I would think of this as a basketball movie before I think of it as a Gene Hackman movie. It's mm-hmm. just my perspective. Yeah. You know, um, McFarland USA is not a Kevin Costner movie. It's a running movie. Right. And so on and so forth. But that being said, maybe it's just, you know, you go check it out and wow, Gene Hackman's, I mean, Gene Hackman's character was very cool. And there were some things in there that, you know, I think I'd like to apply that. I'd like to apply that in my coaching. I'd like to apply that in my teaching. Um, How he was confident yet still reflective, self-reflective. I'd like to incorporate that into my life, you know, so I think you can... Do you know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, sure, the the story might follow a formula, but that doesn't necessarily mean that the movie doesn't have merit. Right. Well, and you're not going to... You're going to have to assume that when you've got a sports movie, most likely it's going to be kind of predictable because you're not going to make a sports movie about that team that went, you know, four and four during their season and 
yeah. ended up in the middle. You're going to make a movie about a team that either lost spectacularly and, and had other stuff going on or a team that defeated the odds and won everything. Right. So I, mean, right. I guess I guess when people say that, because yeah, some of the some of the people have argued like, oh, these sports movies and and, and Hoosiers is so predictable, and I, well, yeah, because who really? I mean, if you take most of the sports teams that don't win championships, and they, I mean, you're not going to go see a movie of a mediocre team. And that's why you're going to see the movie, right? I mean, you, that's kind of if you're like going to see a sports movie, you're going because you want to be inspired. Yeah, I mean, it's it's sort of like, well, yeah, they, yeah, I mean, that's that's why you go, that's why you go see the movie. I mean, yeah, yeah I just think, you know, I mean, I just would call shenanigans on saying that. Like when I saw, um, you know, when 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 I when I saw the Pee Wee Herman movie and and, and resaw it, and I remember seeing it a bunch, but all you guys were like, why didn't you like it? And I was like, I, I don't think I didn't like it. It just. I don't think I'm necessarily the target group for it, you know, or that one of that one that, Oh, it had, um, it had, uh, uh, I don't know, Sam Seaborn and it had, um, that one other girl in it and they were dating and then about last night. Yeah. About last night. I don't think I was the target audience. I I can sit there and rip the movie up one side and down the other, but what did I expect going into it? You know? Now the one thing I did like about this was, and I didn't know going into it, so I didn't watch it. You know, I, I probably could have checked a couple of websites and seen, but I didn't. I kind of ran out of time and didn't have a chance to watch it. Um, John, uh, John Ezra, for those listening who don't know, that's my son. Um, he was actually on an episode when they talked about uh, The Force Awakens and, and some of yeah. that. Um, he's really, really into basketball right now. So that's kind of his thing. You know, it kind of depends on what sport's going on right now. When it's football season, he loves football. When it's baseball, he loves baseball, basketball, basketball. So whatever season it is, that's what he loves. And he has been out in the driveway shooting hoops. I've got every day. I don't think it matters whether it's pouring rain or whether it's sunny outside. He's out there shooting baskets, and he's much better than I am. Um, and I, I wish I had gone to, like, the Common Sense Media and looked it up because the one thing I really like about this movie is I feel like this is a movie I could sit down and watch with him. Because mm-hmm. he's, he's eight years old. And we've watched some of these other movies with... John and Nora, John's eight, Nora's five. And some of them, I was kind of surprised at how much language there was or suggestive situations or commentary or whatever. Um, You know, uh, Short Circuit, as an example, I'm like, oh, yeah, Short Circuit, funny movie. I love that as a kid. Let's show it to John and Nora. There was a lot of language in that one, and I was kind of surprised. Mm-hmm. Um, cause I just didn't remember that. I think I, I missed it as a kid. It went over my head. So hopefully it went over theirs too. But, um, this one, I think what, I, one of the things I appreciated about this is there's really not a whole lot of language in this one. And the only other situations you've got is you've got a, a dad that's dealing with alcoholism mm-hmm. and you know, the, the kids right now, we had been reading through the little house on the prairie books. Uh, Sharon mm-hmm. had been reading through with them when they were, uh, at dinner time, and they just finished all of the little house books, so mm-hmm. we've started in on the TV show. Okay, and I'm like, you know what this this movie Hoosiers is kind of on the same level. I mean, Little House on the Prairie deals with a guy going through alcoholism and abusing his son, and um, you know, so it, same kind of theme. So one of the things I liked about this movie was this was a sports movie that had not a whole lot of language in it. You know, maybe just a couple words here or there. 
and I felt like, you know, this is one I could watch with John because he really likes basketball right now, and I think he'd really like this movie. Mm-hmm. So I do appreciate that because there are some PG movies from the 80s that are like, that's um, yeah. there's some language in there that I don't know that I'm I'm ready to you know sit down and, and have them watch that just yet. But but yeah, I, that I that I think I appreciated about this movie was that it was one that you could watch with your family. Yeah, yeah, well done. It's rare. A um, couple of other things, uh, kind of back to the favorite scenes and quotes. A um, couple other things. When you get da- back to the the very end of the movie, and you're you're at that championship game, and and you're kind of expecting this big inspirational speech from the quote from the coach. And I, I did like the part, and it just it it sounded a little awkward at first. But then when I thought about it, I'm like, you know, that's that's his bigger inspirational speech. Is he just looks at him, and goes, "I love you guys." Mm-hmm. I was like, that's kind of cool. You know, it's most of these other sports movies, you expect this big rousing speech, and the music is going to build up and you know, he's just looking at me. He's like, nope, you know what you got to do. I love you yeah. guys. Go out, do what you got to do. Yeah. And you know what? It was, it was wonderfully understated. I'm just going to say the mute movie was beautiful and that, and even that I thought added a touch of realism because there's times that you get in those situations with, I, I mean, you know, and it's just like, Hey, I, <laughs> you know, I'm, I got no words. Yeah, I got no words. And why force it? Why come up with something? Why? Yeah. And yeah, and he didn't. Yeah, I just, I just thought like nothing of the movie seemed forced. Everything just, it seemed to be in total balance. Um, so I, I guess, and that's where I just, and that's where there was no swelling music and no big speech and no. It, there was no cheese in this movie, and that's where it didn't—it it didn't seem to artificially pull at the heartstrings. Whereas some movies, okay, yeah, now I'm crying, but I get it, you know, and I, you know, yeah. So yeah, you're right. I like that scene too. Um, I also like Dennis Hopper's character. I thought he did a good job. That the um, uh, shooter, the one that he kind of brought in as the assistant, and and I, I like those scenes where he kind of purposefully got himself kicked out of the games. Mm-hmm. so that he could take over. I like that one. He starts yelling at the referee. He's like, you know what? Just kick me out of the game. And yeah. Like, Just kick me out of the game. Throw me out. Yeah. Oh, okay. You're out. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah. Yeah. Like, Thanks. yeah. That was pretty cool. Yeah. My favorite quote was when the one kid that sat down and prayed and he's just like, all right, just give him a moment. They go up and they like leave him in the locker room and then he's always praying. And then finally he just bends down and the game says, um, God wants you. On the, on the court, yeah. God, and the kid just looks up and smiles at him. I thought that was a cool line. Yeah. There was one other one. And I, Strap. I, God wants you on the floor. God wants you on the yeah. floor. I yeah yeah. Um, there was one other, and I, I just can't remember. Um, I can't remember what it is, you know, what it was, or, or any of that kind of stuff. But it was um, there was a, there was another quote in there that did it made me kind of smirk. You know, I'll start scrolling through the quotes and see if I think of it. But the big one, yeah, was God wants you on and God wants you on the floor. Well, there's one that I remember. And I don't remember if I if I remember hearing it from one of my coaches when I played sports in high school, or I don't remember where I heard it from. But I adapted it uh, to use in my own classroom. Um, somebody says something like that. What is it that they don't get to? When they don't get to shoot in practice, it's all drills and fundamentals. And be, you know, when do we scrimmage? And I'm like, we're not scrimmaging. And I'm like, well, that's no fun. And I, and I love this quote, and I've stolen it, and I've used it, not realizing or not remembering that it was from Hoosiers. My practices aren't designed for your enjoyment. Yeah. 
I've said that as a teacher sometimes. We're like, oh, this is this is kind of boring. I'm like, you know what? My class is not designed for your enjoyment. Right. There are times I'm right. going to give you something that you're going to enjoy doing. There are other times where there's stuff we got to learn. So I'm I'm right. not a I'm not a trained monkey up here for your entertainment, but I will try to keep things light. I will try to keep things enjoyable. But you know, yeah. I'm I'm not a stand up comedian. So, but maybe yeah. I should maybe I should be. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, you never know. But that that's that's the thing too. I remember when we were in school, you know, our trumpet professor had us read the book The Inner Game of Tennis. Yeah. And it I mean there's an inner game of tennis, an inner game of this, and there's an inner game of music. But it's interesting people that read I never read The Inner Game of Music, but people that read it said, you know, The Inner Game of Tennis is the best of all. Have you ever read it? No. It's a really good book. But they said The Inner Game of Tennis is the pure philosophy that the guy sets forth. Yeah, it's for tennis, but it's in its purest form, and you can just adapt it very simply to whatever your life's pursuits are. The inner game of music starts to get a little bit too focused for music, and when they add a level of complexity to it, some of that pure philosophy is lost, if that in general makes sense. What I like about this movie is that it's like that. It's got that inner game of tennis book feel where you can take so many of these things, and even though it's about basketball – Again, here I'm going to repeat myself. It's yeah. not overstated, and you can take that philosophy and apply it to your teaching. You can apply it to running, trumpet, whatever. You know, I yeah. mean, you can you can apply many of those concepts to whatever whatever topic you know you see fit. Yeah. All right. Um, and normally, I'm I'm going to I'm going to do this quote because I thought it was just a great. It sounds like a whole bunch of Southern quotes that I've heard, mm-hmm. and I just, I have to throw this one in here, and I, I know there's a word in here that doesn't fit with, uh, you know, sometimes I, I will bleep these things out. I'm not going to bleep this one out, but I am going to I am gonna read the whole quote uh, from the older lady, from the, the teacher's mom, Opal, mm-hmm. Opal Fleener. Sun don't shine on the same dog's ass every day, but mister, you ain't seen a ray of light since you got here. <laughs> yeah. I heard that line, and I'm like, that's a great line. That, 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 that's that sounds like a lot of those other southern phrases that I've heard from my family, and Right. You know, stuff like uh like nervous as a cow on ice. Yeah. Stuff like that. <laughs> yeah, that stuff that stuff is definitely funny. That is definitely funny. Um yeah, I'm just I'm going through these quotes here, but yeah, there's um yeah, and, and, and I'm getting to his exchange with um with the uh other parent, you know. Yeah. Um, where the guy was trying to coach and say, well, no, this is how you coach him. And he just right. very understatedly is like, yeah, I don't need to read through the whole quote thing here, but he very understatedly just says, okay, you know, like the, let's get two things straight. One, you can call me Norm. Two, you're done coaching. Yeah. And then the guy, you know, goes off and he's just like, uh, can you leave the ball on your way out? Just very calm under pressure mm-hmm. and just, they brought me in to do a job. Until they remove me from that job, I'm going to do that job. Right. So, all right. Was there anything about this movie you didn't like? No, no, no. I I really didn't. I thought it was really, uh, I, I, yeah. I thought it was really nicely done. Really, really well done movie. Yeah, I can't think of anything. I was trying to think of something that I didn't like about it. Um, they could have had one of the guys ride a motorcycle. That would have been cool. Well, I mean, that's always. That's yeah. always high on your priority list. So I was just gonna say, man, I'm trying. I'm scraping the bottom of the barrel. I'm trying not to just be 
you know, totally right, biased. This, this movie didn't have a motorcycle in it. Every other movie we watched up to this point has some type of a motorcycle, but yeah, if Hoosiers had a motorcycle, I'd give it four stars instead of three and a half. <laughs> yeah, I couldn't know. think of anything. I, there were a couple of times where, and I know, sports movies, but again, I, I gave it a pass because this one's one of the first sports movies like this that, you know, that I can think of. And, and I'm, there may be some from like the, you know, sixties and seventies that I'm just not thinking of, but you know, to me, this is kind of one of the earliest sports movies that kind of follows this formula, if you want to call it a formula. Um, but the, the whole montage of the, you know, let's go through the games real fast. Let's run through the season pretty quickly and you'll just get to see highlights of each of the games. Some of that, um, some of that, I, it may have gone on a little long, like, I was like, okay, I get the point. They're winning. They're and some of those scenes were very similar to each other. So I think if I was an editor of the movie, maybe I would have cut out, you know, a, mm -hmm. a couple of little bits here and there, but not a whole lot. So I think overall, you know, it was a good movie, and I don't think I would have changed too much about it. But that would be the only thing. If I had any criticism of it, I would have just said some of those scenes were a little repetitive. And, and I would say the same thing about football movies I've seen. There are some times where... You know, how many times can you watch a, a receiver catch an amazing catch in slow motion and, you know, it, I mean, all day, I guess, but um, right. that would well, be, that'd be about the only thing I'd criticize. Right. And that's probably where it kind of makes it a basketball movie. Right. You know, I mean, guy that's in a basketball could probably sit there and watch that and just like watching movie of people playing basketball, you right. know, guy that's in the car racing can watch a movie about car racing and, you know, football. So, so yeah, I could see that where, you know, if we're extolling the virtues of this movie that are, you know, kind of transcend just basketball, I can mm -hmm. see where the stuff that's focused on basketball. Okay. Well that, you know, yeah, that could you know, run a little bit long. So my next question, and I already know your answer to this and I will, I'll go to this website that I found and kind of run through some of them with you. Um, my next question was going to be when movies are based on a true story, does it bother you when they take quite a bit of artistic license with the story? And I know your answer to this. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Should we talk about Pearl Harbor? Oh no, my gosh. No? That wasn't artistic license, man. That was, <laughs> that was, that was tackiness. That was, I'll just, yeah, I think, I think my tirade against what was it? Was it Pearl Harbor or was it Noah? That one ended up in the uh, R-rated vault of the 30-something movie podcast. It was, it was Noah's Noah. You and I were talking about that, and I remember that we were <laughs> I remember we were talking about it, and I was like, yeah, yeah, I can't leave this part in. Yeah, I know, I know. It was, um, oh, yeah, that, that, so, you know, the, the listeners that are, that are up to our platinum level can, can get in on Pat's right. tirade against, against that. Yeah, I think I still yeah. have that file somewhere. Yeah, that's right. You know, okay, so. Yeah, if you want to know how Pat feels about the movie Noah. Uh, I may have mentioned a few things too, but if you want to know how Pat feels about the movie Noah, you can donate to the 30 something movie podcast and we'll unlock that episode and you can. That's right. I think we were all on the same page. And I think you, like I said, now here's my, yep. I know where you're going with this. And yep. then you said, I know what I thought. And I'm like, yep, I know where you're going with this. Mm -hmm. You know, when movies take artistic license, okay. I, you know, I don't know. I don't have like a formula for it, but sometimes they do it. And it's like, okay, well, we can't tell the entire story because, you know, we're trying to make this thing fit into two hours and we only can have, you know, 20 people in the film. Right. And so we've got to condense and compress, you know, events into situational. Well, and if you're going to take artistic license, then the art you create with that license better be good. 
Exactly. I think that's, I think that's the whole point and, and do it justice so that, you know, when you do have people that maybe use this as a jumping off point, they're not left scandalized and like, well, that's completely disbelievable. Right. Or, you know, um, you know, have it be like, oh, okay. Yeah. That movie helps me kind of understand the whole picture, Yeah. you know? Um, for example, like in the extreme, the movie, the Memphis bell, the movie, the Memphis bell was a complete fiction, but the things that they portrayed in that movie could and did happen over the entire case of the, the air war right. over, um, you know, over, uh, Northern Europe, the movie dragon that we'll be talking about the Bruce Lee story. Mm-hmm. That movie was very loosely based on Bruce Lee's life. I mean, involved the, you know, a lot of fiction and like bordering on the supernatural, but they did it in a way that celebrated Bruce, Bruce's life so that, you know, you're not left like completely like scandalized. Like, what is this? Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, so I think when they, when they take movies and, and base them in real, I think you, you just got to be real careful. And I, I, I think you got to, you know, obviously too many cooks in the kitchen spoil the sauce, but I mean, get a lot of people's opinions like, Hey, what do you think we're okay with it? Or, you know, mm-hmm. maybe not get a lot of people's opinion. I don't know, but I think you just got to be very careful with it. Well, I found a website that I now really, really like, and I don't know why I didn't know about this website before. And, and you may end up checking this out too. Um, this website is it. So they're going to get free advertising for us. Cause I thought this was pretty oh. cool. Um, this website is called chasing the Okay. Chasingthefrog.com. And what it does is uh, their little tagline here is chasing after the truth behind movies based on true stories. And so what they do is they have a, a whole, gosh, I don't even know how long this list is. So there's a whole bunch of movies here. Now, it's not exhaustive. It's not every movie based on true story ever made, but they've got a lot of them here. Um, and I found their entry on Hoosiers when I was looking up something else. I'm like, this, this website's awesome. What they do is they do a side-by-side of some of the um, actual historical people that the movie's based off of, side-by-side with their actor counterpart in the movie. And then they go down the rest of the page, and they ask questions about the story. You know, is the name of the basketball team the same as the historical team? No, because the Hickory High Huskers in the movie were actually the Milan High School Indians in real life. Uh, was the coach really a middle-aged man? No. The coach was actually a 26-year-old man. He was actually pretty young, um, whereas Coach Norman Dale is supposed to be, uh, or Gene Hackman was about 55 when he was filming this movie. So they kind of go down and they ask questions like that of the movie, and then they give you answers that compare um, real life with the way the movie was. Mm-hmm. So very cool website. Um you know, so they talk about on here like the uh, they've got side by side photographs of Gene Hackman with the real guy, uh, the real guy, the real coach's name was Marvin Wood, um, and let's see, he he was the coach. He, so he was a younger guy, not an older guy. He didn't come in, um, you know, with a checkered past and anything like that. Uh, he didn't come in wearing a suit and tie to practices. Uh, some of the stuff I read on here was he actually wore. Um, you know, like a basketball uniform, just like the kids did, like, a, uh, you know, shorts and a, or a jersey and, and shorts and practiced on the court with the rest of the players. Um, the Jimmy Chitwood character in the movie, um, the guy's real name was Bobby Plump. Um, mm-hmm. 
you know, so they, you know, they, they talk about the differences in here. Um, was this the coach's first season with the team? No, in real life, it was the second season. Um, the real life team was not some tiny little, you know, tiny little no name team that had no success. They actually had been, uh, you know, like the, they had been to the semifinals the year before. And so, mm -hmm. you know, the real life stuff on here, as I'm looking through each of these questions, there's a lot of no's like, no, this is not true. No, this is not true. The only one, I think there's a couple times they say not entirely. So things were kind of close. Um, but, uh, one of the things like the, one of the only yeses I saw in here was about him measuring the height and the length of the, the, uh, area of the court. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, so a lot of the other stuff, not true. Like the team they played against in the championship, not true. Um, you know, was Dennis Hopper's character based on a real-life assistant coach? No. Um, uh, let's see, in real life, they had two assistant coaches, and none of them were drunk. Um, you know, they kind of did the, the writer based some of this off of Bobby Knight, um, and his coaching style and, you know, so was, was the real coach ever fired from a, a coaching position for punching somebody? No, that was just a, you know, a made up, uh, the guy was never fired for anything. Um, and actually the coach or the, the writer says, um, I kind of wondered, I, I modeled, uh, coach Dale partially on Bobby Knight, um, the Indiana university coach. And he said, I kind of, I wondered what would happen if, if Bobby Knight punched a player, which is kind of ironic because he got fired. I think, I forget what year it was. Didn't he get fired for choking a player? Yeah, he did. They finally caught, I mean, he was yeah. always pretty, I mean, the stuff he pulled was always, you know. Yeah. But, so. um, but uh, yeah, he eventually, they let him go. Yeah. So, so I, this is just, I, I like this website. This was kind of cool to be able to go down the list and see, you know, what was real, what wasn't. They show the, um, you know, they show the final scores of the games uh, from the actual games. They have a poster of um, the coach and the pictures, uh, kind of the mug shots of the students who were on the basketball team. There was more than seven of them. Um, you know, so I, this, I just thought this was kind of a cool website to go through and and just have all that stuff there to be able to look at. Mm -hmm. Yeah. They got mm -hmm. a team photo in here of the actual team and. Yeah. Yeah. I, so, you, you know, know I, I, I know you got to cool. do, and again, you have to do some of that to build up drama. I mean, it's, it's a movie, so you've got to, right. you've got to take some of the mundane stuff of real life and you've got to make it more interesting. You've got to make the character of the coach, you know, the, I guess the real life coach was a fairly soft spoken guy that's not going to fly in a movie. It's, it's not interesting to have a soft spoken guy as your coach. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. And, and again, you know, like you said, the art is pretty darn good. Right. And it tells a, it tells an important story or an important story. It, it has an important message. It has, you know, lessons, little factoids that you can carry with you. And yeah, I think, you know, so, so it works. I mean, that based in a based in real life, I mean, obviously that that swings pretty wide, you know. I mean, and that can mean that can mean a lot of things, but uh, yeah, I mean, this that wouldn't bug me, you know, that wouldn't bug me. Um, 
sometimes it's the little things that bug me and I, but it's just, Hey, this bugs me, but you know what? The movie's still good. But I mean, you know, I, you know, there's other movies where they'll change one or two major plot points and it's like, well, why do that? And, and I guess in this case, these were all like fictional made up names. Yeah. So, I mean, that's it too. Okay. They took the inspiration from something else, but they changed everyone's names. Right. And sometimes that's as easy as just saying, okay, it's kind of like historical fiction. I mean, Saving Private Ryan really didn't happen, but that was a pretty darn good story. And there were elements of it that really did a nice job of depicting, you know, um, uh, de- depicting a, that, that horrifying war. You know, I mentioned the movie The Memphis Bell. I mean, the name of the plane was real, but all the the guys, the crewmen that they de- depicted had had not uh, had fictionalized names and even their background stories were fictionalized so it's kind of just the you know the, so when they do that they kind of do what i ask when they when they try and show a real movie and then just destroy it it's just like well if you're going to do that just come up with other names change the name of it you know and they seem to have done that yeah. so yeah i don't know so, all right. So my last question here, this kind of goes off into, you know, we're, we're off from Hoosiers a little bit, unless this is your answer. Um, what is your, so Gene Hackman, Gene Hackman, mm-hmm. huge actor, great actor. Um, and I didn't realize I, when we were watching this and when I was looking up, you know, doing some research on it and all that, um, I realized that I'm like, you know what? I have not seen him in a movie in a really long time. And I, th- I think I knew this, but I must've forgotten he retired from acting in 2008. Like the last movie he was in was in 2004. Okay. Um, and I remember it cause I think I was working in the movie theater. Um, when that one came out, it was welcome to Mooseport mm. was the name of the movie. So that was the last one he was ever in. Um, I would prefer to think of one of his last movies as the one right before that runaway jury, um, mm-hmm. with John Cusack was a really good movie. Um, but tons of movies. I mean, he's he acted for quite a while and, and had all these great parts. He's a great actor. He's one of those guys that he's just he's just ridiculously charming. Like he could be he could be playing a serial killer, mm-hmm. and he could be the most charming serial killer you've ever seen. And I kind of rank him up there. And I don't know if it's because they both played Lex Luthor, but I kind of rank him up there with Kevin Spacey. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the things that I always like about Kevin Spacey is I don't know what kind of character he's going to be when he comes to each of these movies. Like he could be the nicest guy in the world and charming and everything else. And in his next movie, he could be the creepiest, most sadistic criminal you've ever seen. Mm-hmm. Or if it's the TV show House of Cards, he's both at the same time. Right. Um, you know, he's ridiculously charming, but he's also you know, scary and all kinds of other stuff. So my question is, um, that was a long way around to asking, what's your favorite Gene Hackman movies or movie? A movie, that would be hard. That would be hard. But uh, what's yours? So I was, well, I was looking down the list. Superman. See, I, and I love, I love him as Lex Luthor. Mm-hmm. And I look at some of the other Lex Luthers that they've done, and I don't think anybody's, I don't think anybody's come close to doing a Lex Luthor like he did, which the Lex Luthor that he did, you know, was, was very campy. Cause I mean, those movies were, they were campy mm-hmm. and his Lex Luthor was very campy, but his Lex Luthor was still great, even though it was campy, yeah. you know, yeah. his, his whole thing about 
you know, wanting to, you know, he, he's he's going to blow up uh, the San Andreas Fault because he wants to increase the um, real estate values of right. the worthless land he's purchased and his whole, you know, his, just his whole demeanor in the Superman movie. He's like, you know, how many how many other people have a Park Avenue address? And was it Miss Tessmacher uh, in the movie? She's like, yeah, but we're like, you know, three stories underground. Mm-hmm. And just, you know, his whole his whole thing about Lex Luthor is, you know, greatest criminal mind of our age. And, uh, you know, go with the, uh, Superman, too, especially when he's when you've got Zod and the other ones there. And and he's, yeah. the, he's the human trying to hold his own with those guys. And. Yeah. You know, my uh, my needs are small. Um, I've always had an affinity for beachfront property. Um, and Zod's like, Lex Luthor, what do you want? Australia. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. So I don't know. I, I love his Lex Luthor. And that's, I mean, that would have been the first thing I ever saw him in. So that to me, <clears throat> I, I do love that. Um, I will, I will reluctantly admit that I've never watched the entire movie, the French connection, but he's great in that. Yeah. Um, good car chase. Um, yeah. yeah. I love that he's in young, uh, young Frankenstein. Mm-hmm. He's the blind man in that one. Uh, there's a scene kind of making fun of the Frankenstein, the old Frankenstein movie. He's a blind yeah. man who meets the monster in that one. Um, yeah, you get the the Superman movies. You've got the Western Unforgiven with um, Clint Eastwood, uh, Wyatt Earp. You've got the Firm, um, the Quick and the Dead, Get Shorty, Crimson Tide. Um, yeah, I mean he's really I, I, the replacements. Yeah. He was the coach in the replacements, and right, yeah, he's really solid in each of them. I mean he's just a really really talented talented man. And for as much as I don't care for the the Royal Tenenbaums. Oh, you don't like that movie? I'm I'm not a Wes Anderson fan. I uh-huh. you know, I'm I'm just not that's I don't know. I just don't like his movies. Um but Gene Hackman is still great. In in yeah. what I've seen of that movie, Gene Hackman's still great. He's a great actor. Yeah. Um but yeah, no, I Wes Anderson's not my not one of my favorite favorite uh, directors. Right. Right. But no, just a great actor. Yeah. I, I have a hard time picking my favorite, but I think I would have to fall back on um I'd have to fall back on Superman just because that's the first thing. And I probably now I don't think I can pick between Superman one and two. Yeah, I, I yeah. Yeah, I know I can see that. And I agree that list you rattled off. I mean, you know, I, I there would be other factors that would make me choose a, a favorite movie out of all that. I mean other factors than his acting because in each job, you know, each character is just solid. Yeah. He's solid for each character. So I really, yeah, I can't pick a favorite. Yeah. He won for, he won best actor for unforgiven the Western with, um, uh, Clint Eastwood. That's a, and that's a great movie too. Oh yeah. That's up there. That's up there with uh, tombstone and, you know, if you want to watch a, if you want to sit down and watch a great Western movie, you've got Unforgiven and Tombstone and Wyatt Earp and, mm-hmm. yeah. So, yeah. I, to answer my own question, I don't think I can narrow it down, but let's we'll go with Superman one and two. Okay, that sounds good. I mean, I, I really, I don't know if I could narrow it down either. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, and going back the uh, Poseidon Adventure, mm-hmm. yeah, 
really good in the Poseidon Adventure. Um, Were there any movies where he rode a motorcycle? I don't know, man. We'll have to we'll have to go on the Google. We'll, we'll have to find out on the Google. I, I, that might tip the tip the balance too. We'll look it up. Um, French Connection is really good. Yeah, I. Yeah, beats of, me, man. A lot of good stuff. Was that? A lot of good stuff. Yeah, a lot of very, very good movies. All right. Well, do you have so. any do you have any final thoughts to share with our listeners, our listeners across the world? Oh, you know what we should have done that we didn't do at the very beginning? Hmm. Listeners across the world, because this movie was renamed for Europe, uh, renamed Best Shot, because people don't know what a Hoosier is. Right. Can you right. explain to people from across the world? We've got listeners in Russia. We've got listeners in South America. What the heck is a Hoosier? It, well, isn't it a person from Indiana? Yeah, that's it. That's it. Okay, yeah, that's, that's it. the big that's the big explanation. <laughs> and All I right, don't, I tried to look it up and see like where does the word come from originally? There's like a whole bunch of different people that are arguing where they think the word comes from. It's just a person from Indiana. Yeah. So if that's... you if you're from somewhere across the world and you don't know where Indiana is, take a look at the map of of the United States and it's it's up towards the top. Um, you know, if you're looking at where where we are in Chicago, it's just a a little bit to the right of that. Um, but uh, yeah, that's all it is. A Hoosier is just somebody from Indiana, which is pretty funny that you know they're they're locking in that um, thing of Indiana and basketball so tightly, and they do it again. I'm going to go back to my my line in such an understated way. They named the basketball movie Hoosiers. Yeah, I mean that's just so cool in that it's like just laying it down. It's just laying that expectation that Indiana equals basketball. Mm-hmm. End of story. And, and I, I just think that's pretty cool. The yeah. way, again, the way they do that without making it like a big, making a big deal of it. Right. So it's, it's like making a movie, making a football movie and just calling it Texans. Right. Yeah, exactly. Or something like that. Exactly. All right. Well, so I think our final verdict is go check this one out. It's a great movie. Yeah. Um, yeah. Especially if you're a basketball fan, if you're a fan of other inspirational sports movies um then you may it may be interesting to go back and watch this one because we kind of feel like and again i there may be earlier sports movies than this that you know maybe some people are you know yelling at their iphone or whatever right now going no 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 this movie copies one that was made in the 70s and i just don't remember watching another one you know as earlier than this one that kind of follows the same formula that it seems to kind of have born out of this as you get to, you know, some of those movies in the, in the nineties and and the two thousands, um, kind of that formula of the sports movies that this is what the characters go through and, Mm -hmm. and all that. So, um, but if you like basketball, I mean, there's, there's not a whole lot of, I don't feel like there's a whole lot of basketball movies that are out there. Um, but, uh, if you are a basketball fan, you'll probably like this one. If you've got yeah. kids that like basketball, I think this is probably a movie that you could watch with your kids. Um, I did look up on Common Sense Media. They did say um, that this movie was probably appropriate for ages eight or nine and older. So, mm. um, you know, I, a younger kid could probably watch this and, and be fine with it. Because like I said, I we've, we've been watching Little House on the Prairie and I watched this movie. And I'm looking at that going, well, actually some of the themes are, are pretty similar to this. Um, you know, so so if you're fine with your children watching Little House on the Prairie, then you probably would be fine with them watching uh, Hoosiers yeah. as well. I think there's only one or two, one or two words of profanity that are used, but other than that, everything's all cool. cool. So if you've got kids that like basketball, this would be a good one to watch. 
Yeah. And that um, formulaic thing, I mean, what movie isn't formulaic? I, right. I mean, I you reach a certain it. point and they're all going to have, you know, some hint of a formula to them. Yeah. I mean, it's like, you know, at the top of the show, we were talking about Marvel. I mean, I, right. I love them. They're all great movies, but I mean. Well, so here's an argument for another t- or a, or a discussion for another time. Uh, we were challenged by, or I was challenged, and this is probably like a couple years ago now, um, one of our former co-hosts of the show, Jason, um, I think challenged us one time and asked the question, is there a superhero that does not have some kind of uh, traumatic experience with their parents? Mm-hmm. Like, can right. you find a superhero that didn't have their parents die or didn't have their parents? Like, well, no. <laughs> yeah. Not that I can think of. I mean, that's. Yeah. And you know. so, I mean, and even, and, and, and watch any movie. I mean, it's, you know, any, any Western is going to follow a Western formula. I mean, you know, you got to be careful with that, that whole just blatantly calling out, calling it out as a formula thing. Cause all movies follow a formula. Right. The exceptions are the ones that are different, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, there's, there's a podcast for another time. What movies are truly really unique stories? I mean, you know, so start that to, on your marks, get set, discuss. So right. I, I think that you're just, that's just the, I don't you know. Gotta, at just, some point, yeah. is it, at some point, is it formula or is at some point, is it, this is the common language, which with, we are going to present to you a basketball movie and whether you are a basketball fan or not, these are the things as human beings that we can all look at and go, aha, I get that. Right. Yeah. Right. Alrighty. Well, next time around, uh, so this is the basketball movie. Uh, for those of you that are a little bit more into karate, um, we are going to be taking a look at the Karate Kid Part 2 next time. And I, I feel like we just did Karate Kid Part 1, and I looked at it and was like, well, that was an 84 movie, but last year we were doing 84 and 85. Right, right, um, okay. So we did just do Karate Kid uh, last year, but uh, so we're going to jump into Karate Kid Part 2. Um so next next week, if if done right, no can defends our podcast again. Uh, we're going to pick right up where Daniel San and Mr. Miyagi left off uh, when we're looking at Karate Kid Part Two. In the meantime, where can you find us? Where can you get a hold of us? Uh, you can email us thirty podcast at gmail You can go to our website thirty podcast There's also a form there where if we have not talked about a movie from 1986 that you enjoy and you'd like to hear us talk about it, you can submit that form and let us know what movies you'd like us to take a look at. Uh, You can tweet us at 30podcast. Uh, You can reach us on Facebook, facebook.com slash 30podcast. You can also find us on several different places. Uh, We are on Stitcher. We are on the Satchel Podcast Player. We are on Google Play Podcasts, which is finally out now. Uh, We are on iTunes, and you can listen directly from our website, 30podcast.com. Uh, So go check us out there. And like I said, next time around, we will be here for Karate Kid Part 2. And then after that, we are, uh, actually you and I and another teacher are going to go see um, Captain America Civil War here in just a few days. Mm -hmm. And we are going to wait just about a week or so, a couple weeks or so, and give some of the other guys time to watch the movie, give other people time to watch it, and then we're going to have our spoilery filled discussion of Captain America Civil War here in a couple weeks so that's it's not really a sports movie but yeah we're gonna make it we're gonna pretend it's a sports movie yeah we're there's gonna two teams in. there's two teams that's that's right there's it's, yeah, team cap and t- so it is a sports movie right right it's basically Hoosiers but with superheroes 
I I think so. Okay. I think so. All right. So in two weeks, you can come back and watch the uh, Hoosiers of superhero movies um, when we talk about uh, Captain America Civil War. And then our final uh, sports movie of the month is going to be The Color of Money. And we are going to finish out May with that one. Uh, and then we'll fly on into our comedies for June. So, uh, again, join us back next time. We'll be taking a look at Karate Kid Part 2. And then after that, we will be taking a look at Captain America Civil War. So, in the meantime, um, you know what? I just I, I just want to finish with the inspirational words of Coach Normandale. I love you guys. And God wants you on the court. God wants you on the floor. There. That's right. Yeah, God wants you on the floor. There you go. All right. Thank you all. We'll see you next time. First of all, let's be real friendly here, okay? My name is Norm. Secondly, your coaching days are over. Look, mister, there's two kinds of dumb. A guy that gets naked and runs out in the snow and barks at the moon and uh, guy who does the same thing in my living room. First one don't matter, the second one you kind of force to deal with. Especially. That's some sort of threat. I don't know why Cletus drug your tired old bones in here. He must owe you something fierce. Fact is, mister, you start screwing up this team, I'll personally hide strap your ass to a pine rail and send you up the Mona online. Leave the ball, will you, George? <laughs>